Hello and welcome to the Future Tribe podcast. Each week we'll be talking about getting things done. We'll talk to people who've built up their businesses, pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality. We're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters. I'm your host, Jermaine Muller. You're listening to the Future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started. Awesome. All right. Um, on this week's podcast, we've got Nick Shibanov. Um, he's a Canberra-based entrepreneur. Um, well, actually, let's see what how Nick uh, describes himself. What would you say you do, Nick? Uh, entrepreneur of life. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Why do you say that? What 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 kind of makes you feel like you're an entrepreneur of life? Well, I I like I started off not really liking the term entrepreneur. Um, I guess all the connotation around it is going to make seem really sexy, I guess. Um, but then I kind of realized that I was because I didn't, uni wasn't really my path, like nine to five, not my thing, work that requires any effort, not my thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some people might feel privileged or whatever, but that's just how I like to live. Um, and yeah, I just like to experience most life has to uh, give. Awesome. All right. Um, are you working on anything at the moment? Do you have any, do you have any kind of things brewing? What's, what's exciting you the most at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I guess I'm a bit different to most entrepreneurs or most people really in like modern society. Um, mm-hmm. I really have set goals per se. I more have like a general direction, which I go. Mm-hmm. Um, my philosophy behind that is want to close off what's possible for me. So in my conscious mind, I might be aware of, this thing or that thing that I might want to work towards. Um, but I don't necessarily know whether that's actually best for my, what will make me feel most alive. Let's just put it that way. It will excite me the most. So, and I've just found that it's not like, it's not like a theory I put together. It's just mm-hmm. through living through living my life. I've seen that when I focus on one goal and like achieve it, I've closed myself off to other things. Um, mm-hmm. So I experimented and opened myself up. And I found that's the most fun way to live for me. Yeah. Um, but one of the big things I'm interested in is call it like Project Eden is a cool name, but it's like my vision to kind of create a new way of living, um, combining like nature, um, clean living, you can call it, I guess, and technology. So living in, um, in service of nature, but also with extremely advanced tech that I'm very, very interested in. Um, okay. And now what kind of tech are you talking about? Like I talking, you know, um, Elon Musk levels. I was just watching a video of, he was talking about like Neuralink, which is supposedly this, this system to like, you know, um, read your brain and use your brain to control things. Are we talking that kind of tech or are we talking robotics or are we talking more like, you know, really optimized, really advanced solar power generation and wind energy and things like that. We're talking beyond Elon Musk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I used to love Neuralink, but I've kind of learned through my own experiences that, um, cause that's all about creating a, like a better interface between humans and the internet. And mm-hmm. the thing, thinking there is that when we connect ourselves and we, cause I mean, we're already cyborgs. We just have, a really low um, bandwidth. That's what Elon Musk always talks about. And that's, it's all about increasing the bandwidth. Um, I used to think that as well until I experienced different things. Um, I actually think humans are much more 
are capable of a lot of things people don't know. And that's why I don't like to uh, close off my possibility space, I call it. Mm-hmm. So my one is more, I guess, mastering what humans are really capable of. And there's some shit we can do, which like is incredible. <laughs> um, and I think there's a lot more that to, to discover for me as well and for everyone. But also on the other side, other kind of technology. I actually think um, humanity is in is not that advanced. Like, I mean, it's hard to say because this is the only frame of reference we have. Like, so for us, looking back at what we know, we're like, look how advanced we are. But I think from different experiences, let's just put it that way, there are other things out there which are much more advanced and we're just kind of on just on the cusp of things. Um, <laughs> so you think and- we have more potential that we will we will explore into the future or do you think um, we, we're not going to ever hit this kind of real advance? I, I think we have, there's so much that we don't know, which, which is kind of evident in everyone's lives, but we forget mm-hmm. about it, you know. Um, but also to, to kind of, this might, it, I don't know how much sense it'll make, but for us to discover these new technologies, um, we have to be ready to receive them, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I've recently had, like, started to see the world a lot differently. I've started to see how intuition and logic kind of interweave through each other. And, um, and what I think happens is, this is personally my belief, uh, believe it or not believe it, but <laughs> uh, we receive information as we need it and as we're ready for it. Um, so when you look at, like, creativity... Um, or any invention, you kind of get moments of inspiration and that these things kind of come to you. You don't really know from where, like in mm-hmm. the shower. Or yeah, they just kind of happen. And then you use your logic. You, you process that information, bring it to life. And that's the yeah. dance. And I, like my belief for that is through looking at Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein, and this other guy, I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. New Infinity, that's the movie after him. But all these three people, they speak really clearly about how they did everything. And they're like, we didn't do anything. We just accessed some kind of source. Yes. And, it and came out with this stuff. Like Nikola Tesla is insane. He created all his experiments in his mind. He never did anything. He's like, all these scientists have it wrong. You have to use your mind. And he used mm-hmm. his imagination, created everything in his head, and then made it after everything was perfect. And he... He's got like a whole biography and he talks about how, yeah, he accesses this. He doesn't know what it is. And I don't actually think that's important. People mm-hmm. are really cool. But he accesses this and then it gives him these things and then he brings them to life. And everything we have, like laptop right now, um, is because of Nikola Tesla, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the same. I mean, his, his whole thing was imagination. He wasn't even that good of a mathematician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just created these thought experiments and revolutionized everything. Um, yeah. the kind of, and then Rish, I forgot his name, but it's he's the guy from The Man Who Knew Infinity. Um, okay, yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. Have you seen? It? I haven't seen it. I don't think. Oh, okay. but it's probably something I should watch. Yeah, I would watch that one because that uh-huh. one's like insane. So he's this guy from India in the 1900s, and he didn't have any mathematical training, any formal training whatsoever. But when he would pray, when he would get into these like altered states of consciousness you could say mm-hmm. um things or he described it as his goddess giving him theorems like math on the on his tongue right and then he wow. sent it to him 
and eventually Cambridge, like he was flown over and he had all these, he had all these theorems, but he didn't have the proofs for them. And like, how the hell did you know all these? Yeah. Yeah. Problems. And so he clearly, they all kind of channel this. Um, And then you have scientists using only the logical mind catching up for like a hundred years. And that's what happened with each one of them. Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein was still using, still finding all his theorems to be true. Um, and then this guy, this mathematician, we're using his math. He's like lost notebook to mm-hmm. and how black holes um, function. Like, right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that creates my worldview um, that the way most people think right now is incomplete. It's not that it's wrong or right. Yes. It's more. It's, it's on the full picture. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, there is no wrong and right. And right. Me, yeah. Uh, there's just more potential that of unlocked things and things that we have explored and so on and so forth. So, so in my view, our consciousness or our internal state, you could say, um, is very much linked to what we can manifest in the world. Mm-hmm. So I create a society where I teach people um, how to raise up their level, like raise up their consciousness and, and unlock their particular gifts that everyone has. Right. And so is this coming back to project Eden, as you were calling it? Is that, yeah, right. that's my big vision. I don't know exactly how it look like, but mm. um, and then on the other like normal tech stuff, that's more just like clean energy. I'm interested in nuclear, nuclear power, and that's when I went to ANU. Why I am ended up in Canberra, actually. Okay, so you're not from Canberra originally. No, yeah, so I'm from Melbourne. Okay, which is where you're at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Great. Okay, so you came to ANU. You started studying at ANU. Yeah, yeah, I came, came to ANU. I guess I fell in love with nuclear power, like year nine project. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I am now who I am. So okay. Um, so what, how, what do you, what, what's, what's your general day like at the moment? Now, I mean, we've talked about kind of what you, uh, your thought process and what you want to do. Um, what do you, and, and we also, you know, talked about the fact that, um, you don't necessarily believe in confining yourself because I totally get that because if you become hyper-focused on one thing, um, funny enough, um, it, it might not actually be in your interest, even though a lot of people say, you know, focus on one thing, just do one thing really, really well. The more I look into things, the more I listen to people and, and listen to their thought processes, I'm, I'm hearing a huge case for actually not just focusing on one thing, not hyper-focusing on one thing, because what happens when you focus on one thing, obviously, is that not only are you blocking everything else out, but you're, you're really hinging everything on this one thing that needs to work out for you versus having these alternate parts that you can go down if you just be, I guess, open enough to see that. But, you know, talking about just, I know we've just talked about literally not focusing down on one thing, but focus at the same time helps you build up towards things yeah yeah so what do you what are you working on at the moment how do you you know what's your day-to-day looking like how do you is it is it all about you know getting closer and close to this big project the the whole project eden and kind of that mentality are you doing more more research trying to understand more still is it you know more of like a fact-finding stage for you in kind of life um so what what yeah what, what what do you do at the moment yes um this would be an interesting answer. So <laughs> I'm more focused on kind of evolved. It's evolved for a while, but since mm-hmm. I came back from San Francisco, I had this moment. I start. I kind of got meditation 
and hold on, hold on. So you went to, you were in San Francisco for a little while. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. In April, I was in San Francisco for startup stuff. Uh-huh. And I ended up coming back and then leaving my startup to pursue, I don't know what. Uh-huh. Led me here. Yeah. Um, right, okay. Yeah. Since then my path has changed because at the start of the year, I guess I was very focused on the startup mm-hmm. um, on like this goal. Um, but since then it's kind of changed and I've been, it's more of a mysterious path. Mm-hmm. And I guess in terms of the day to day, um, it's evolved a lot over the past couple of months, like really rapidly. It's been insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but day to day I try. So, okay. So this is going to sound irrelevant, but I promise it's relevant <laughs> um, in, in physics. So, okay. So if you have a, if you have like a ball and you throw it through one ball, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it takes the path it takes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have this funny thing where basically it, it's an attempt to ask, answer the question of why does it take the path that it does take? Uh-huh. Like why does it go like this and not like that? Yes, and not like and not like like that. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why does it? Um, and I think that the answer to that is actually very relevant to how I live my day to day. That makes sense. So the ball. Like it, theoretically, the ball can go, has infinite paths that it can take. Like theoretically. In From theory, one hand to the next, yes. Yeah. There are infinite paths you can draw. if you can, you can Yes. Like that. Literally anything you can come up with. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, but there's one path in particular where the balance of energy is kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Efficient. Not perfect, but most efficient. So when it goes up, as you throw it up, it builds up gravitational potential energy, mm-hmm. but it's going, so it's going a bit slower, but it's getting a lot more gravitational potential energy. But then if it goes straight like that, it's going a lot faster, mm-hmm. which builds up energy. And so the path it takes is like the optimal path where the balance is where it's right. basically the easiest. Yeah. For it. Of, the, of the least res- resistance always. It's called the path of least action. You can right. That, that's what it's called in, in, in physics. But mm-hmm. The reason I say that is I think like, like analogously to that humans have like infinite paths that we can take, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know which one is that path of the, the path that's best for me, the path that's um, the easiest and fast uh-huh. form. Yes. I don't necessarily know which one. That's how I kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do is I try to tap out, um, and let my my higher self, you could say, or my deeper subconscious or something higher, whatever word you want to give it, um, take the wheel and decide that. And that's kind of how I live my day to day. I give it the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, There's very practical things because I've learned through experiences and I'm learning more every day, and, and, um, of course. But like right now I've learned... I've learned more how to use my conscious mind much better in, in order, like much better for me is defined as just living a much funner life um, mm-hmm. easier. Cause I've learned, I've seen that life can be really easy and fun if you want it to be, or it can be really hard and full of suffering and just depends. Um, and the conscious mind is the one that decides. So what I kind of do is it's, it's hard to describe. I look for signs. Basically I hold questions in my mind that that are to do with my path mm-hmm. i don't don't i don't try to logic or reason an answer i just hold a question 
And then I kind of wait for the universe to answer me in some way. Mm-hmm. The universe for my higher self, for my deeper subconscious, again, whatever you want to call it, people are probably going to get really caught up on the wording. Um, <laughs> But it's just up to experience. When you experience it, it's very simple. But if you haven't experienced it, it's easy to get caught up and be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, when you experience it, you know, you're like, yeah, okay. Um, I kind of, so I hold questions in my mind. I hold, and I, I just, it's like an experiment. I just try different things, see what, which questions are right. And then what tends to happen is the universe just answers my questions. <laughs> um, I'll give you an example. So this is kind of, it's just how it's been so rapid. Like a couple of days ago, um, I had a really vivid dream, really vivid dream. And I knew that it was really important. Um, cause I've been doing like very interested in Carl Jung and depth psychology and dream analysis basically. And I always recall my dreams, not always, but often recall my dreams. Mm-hmm. So I had this really vivid dream and I knew it was really important, but I didn't have the knowledge uh, to interpret it like fully. I just felt that I didn't. So, and I didn't know what to do. And there were a couple of things I could have done, but I, I just came to a point. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Can you please send me a sign? Can you tell me what to do next? Um, what should I do with this? Inf- like, what should I do next? Mm-hmm. And so as the day progressed, like I had two pathways I thought I could have taken, but I felt like they weren't right. They weren't necessarily right. Um, so I just, just kind of let it go, kept it in the back of my mind, went on with my day. And then as the day unfolded, I, got, I was basically ended up at an event. Um, I planned to go to this event, but I had that dream in the back of my mind when I was at this event. And then the lady um, talking at the event was like, I could just, I was very much drawn to her, you could mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. I was like, I knew there was something. We had to interact in some way. I didn't necessarily know how. Um, but then the dream, like it's very easy to be led by the universe if you allow yourself to. Yeah. So I, I just kept getting this thought of just like asking her about my dream. Mm-hmm. I hadn't met the woman. She's like, but I just, I knew I had to ask her about the dream. Yeah. Um, so I, there was a moment where I, ha- I could decide to either go back to my friends or go to this woman and ask about the dream. And I was just like drawn to her, went to her and I'm just like, okay, this is going to sound crazy. And um, I hadn't even introduced myself. I'm like, mm. okay, so I had a dream. I don't know how much sense it's going to make, but can you help interpret it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, yeah, I tell her my dream. And she's like, whoa, um, she does some weird thing on my heart. <laughs> I don't know. Um, tells me, gives me her interpretation. Then to me, makes perfect sense. And she's just put my right. life into it. And she like says all these things she knew about me somehow. Um, at least that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa, thank you so much. You've cleared up so much. Um, and then, so she then said, we should probably see each other one-on-one. I said, yes, I definitely agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. The next day or the next two, uh, yeah, two days later, we had a one-on-one and then she like clarified everything she meant. And then I was like, Oh my God, I've been working on this stuff like the past month. How did you know? It's like, I just, she, yeah, she just told me. So, um, so what was she, what did, what did she, what does she do? How, how did, how did she have the skill or the knowledge to do what she did? So she's someone who you could say in my lens, at least this is how I would describe her. Um, mm-hmm. She's up there in terms of her, you could think of like consciousness as a spectrum and the lower spectrum are kind of the lower state emotions, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, fear, guilt, all that apathy. 
in the highest states are like love and peace um and courage is the middle um but she's she's up there on the spectrum of consciousness <laughs> and i would go on to her um and she's i guess you could say like uh I forgot what the word is one of those people who claims there's a word for it claim they have supernatural powers mm-hmm. um it's it's to me it's not supernatural it's natural natural yeah, yeah i get what you mean it's very natural um yeah. it seems supernatural once you don't know what it is but when you do you're like oh everyone has it um it's just it's, it's, yeah it's it's that intuition it's that kind of oneness with yeah. with your your consciousness as well as your subconsciousness as well as everything that's happening around you and understanding kind of the the general yeah, yeah the general kind of yeah things that are happening at a higher level yeah it's just being hyper aware i guess you could say mm. she mm. was really in tune with sh- and she could read me like really well um and she knew what to say to me um and i just just being around people like that is enough to change you so mm-hmm. to engage them. um and that makes sense on actually a physics level which is why i'm super interested in it yeah but just being around that person but then like being in their field you could say that um yeah. but speaking to her she like helped me so much <laughs> and I, that's that's what she does she's like a wise woman that's what i look at her as uh-huh. <laughs> like in new zealand actually and she was only in melbourne for well i think that week yeah this week so she's living this weekend and i didn't actually okay. know why i was because I, I just got the urge to come to melbourne i didn't know why until yeah. i met her so this is why i'm in melbourne Thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello@future.tri.be. At if you haven't already, become a part of the tribe on Facebook. Go to future.tri.be/fb and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.